0: Radio Rounds, the podcast series from St. Louis Children's Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Parents may
1: certainly worry if they're told that their child has a heart murmur, but heart murmurs can be very common. My guest today is Dr. George Ann Grow. She's a Washington University pediatric cardiologist at St. Louis Children's Hospital and the director of outpatient pediatric cardiology. Welcome to the show, Dr. Grow. First of all, what is a heart murmur?
0: So um, a heart murmur is, it's kind of a vague and nondescriptive term, to be honest. Uh, it's just, a, it's simply a sound that we hear when we're listening to a person's heart. Um, so normally when we listen to the heart, we hear the valve closure noises. Uh, and that's, you know, what uh, a lot of people are used to hearing the kind of the lub-dub or the bump-bump sound. And sometimes in between those valve closure noises, we can hear an extra sound uh, that's kind of like a whooshing or a swishing sound. And that sound, that extra sound we hear is called a heart murmur.
1: Are most of them pathologic or may it be a manifestation of a serious heart disease?
0: Um, Well, there are sort of two classes, general classes of heart murmurs. Uh, Pathologic would be one of them. However, the overwhelming majority of children with heart murmurs have a, a kind of heart murmur classified as a functional murmur or an innocent murmur or a benign murmur. And as you can guess from the innocent or benign term, this means that their heart is, in fact, healthy and normal. And we just happen to be able to hear a wishing sound as blood moves through their heart. But the heart itself is, in fact, healthy.
1: What about significance and historical findings? What do you look for as far as family history and personal history?
0: Uh, well, I would say if uh, the child's uh child's own medical history is pretty pretty reassuring in that they're a healthy child who's exhibited normal growth, normal development, has good energy, you know exercise tolerance, no complaints uh you know of any concerning symptoms such as chest pain, dizziness. Fainting, uh, not being able to keep up with their uh, peers. Uh, in the absence of any of those sorts of findings or complaints, uh, the heart murmur finding in and of itself is is pretty uh, pretty benign. Uh, as, as far as family history, certainly there are a myriad of cardiac conditions that can be seen and passed on within family members. So, what I'd like to questions I like to ask the parents uh, would be is there any family history of congenital heart disease and i like to specify what that is often parents don't really understand what that means so i go go ahead and say is there are there any children in the family siblings cousins aunts uncles that were born with a heart condition that required treatment either by surgery or a cardiac catheterization or a pacemaker or and so on and uh, th- that was cer- that would certainly be one question I would ask. Uh, I also always make sure to ask if there is any family history of heart muscle problems. Cardiomyopathy would be one term that often family members will have heard that term. Um, and go on to say, uh, also, is there any family history of uh, any young person, either a child or a young adult, who passed away suddenly and unexpectedly? Um, these are there are some sort of mysterious. Uh, rare conditions that can cause that that may manifest uh, in a child as a murmur initially.
1: So Dr. Groh, in a busy office practice, time constraints may make it difficult to perform a complete cardiac physical examination on every patient for pediatricians. So what symptoms would you like pediatricians to know that suggest cardiac disease and would require referral to a pediatric cardiologist?
0: Sure. Um, So symptomatology-wise, Things I always uh, ask are, you know, I pay attention to their growth, Uh, make sure that through the years that you followed this child, have they exhibited normal growth patterns, uh, good weight gain, and so forth. Uh, If the child is an infant, uh, important questions to ask would be, other than checking their weight gain, would also be to ask particularly their feeding uh, patterns, Uh, so Significant heart disease in infants. Uh, the primary symptoms you will see will be occurring with feeding. Uh, and so, some things you may see is the the infant becoming short of breath when they feed, either from a bottle or from the breast, uh, having to pause frequently to catch their breath while they feed. I I often like to say that they will do a burst of sucks on the breast or the bottle and then have to pause and sort of catch their breath and then they'll do another burst. And then pause, catch their breath. So, you know, any feeding issues like frequent stopping, or really just taking a really long time to finish what is considered considered a normal amount of uh, formula or breast milk for a child their age. Um, often, parents will notice that they've had other children that you know didn't take this long to eat, and so these are concerning symptoms in an infant. So another symptom that I look for in, all, in any age uh, child, but may be more prominent in younger children, would be cyanosis, which is the medical term for um, a bluish discoloration. Uh, and at times, it's it not necessarily bluish. It can be sort of a dark, dark red or a purplish discoloration um, in, uh, in the body. And what we are more concerned about is something called central cyanosis, which is uh, cyanosis of the mucous membranes. so it would be gums, tongue, uh, that, that, those parts of the body, which is more concerning than something that is more common, which is called acrocyanosis, which you see commonly. That's when you know a little kid jumps in the pool, they get cold or they come out of a bathtub, they get cold. Their hands their hands and feet may turn blue or they may get a little bluish discoloration of their lips or around their mouth. Uh, that's much less concerning and typically not pointing to a heart uh, cause. But if you look in the mucous membranes and you see any sort of cyanosis or bluish discoloration, then that is an indication that their oxygen levels may be low. And that, and in combination with a murmur and low oxygen saturations, that would be very concerning.
1: While you are speaking about oxygen saturation, what about iron deficiency anemia? Can that often be a causal effect to a murmur, or vice versa?
0: Well, uh, we can get murmurs caused by something called high-output uh, cardiac status, which means for some underlying reason the heart is working a bit harder than it needs to, than is normal. And anemia, which is a low blood count, uh, is, it can be a cause of the heart sort of needing to uh, increase the force of, of which it contracts and the, also the heart rate, how often it contracts in order to circulate the, the proper amount of oxygen to the body. So um, anemia and iron, iron deficiency being one type of anemia can certainly cause high output cardiac state, which can bring out a heart murmur, not because the heart itself is abnormal, but because the heart is sort of working harder and, and, and squeezing harder, and that, that produces sort of a sound as the blood wishes through the heart.
1: So if a pediatrician refers to a pediatric cardiologist, tell us about the cardiac examination. How does that begin? And speak about the diagnostic methods.
0: So we see children of all ages with heart murmurs on a routine basis in our clinic. Uh, The the initial sort of investigation starts, as always, with uh, a history. So we ask, important questions um, to rule out any concerning um, symptoms that the child may have been having. So this is just sitting, talking with the parents, talking to the child themselves. Um, and then we uh, once we get the history, a thorough history, oftentimes the history alone uh, will lead us uh, down the path of whether this is an innocent or benign mm-hmm. murmur or, in fact, a pathologic murmur. Um, once we're done with the history taking, then we proceed with the cardiac exam um, when really, uh, well, we'll do a thorough physical exam, but with focus on the cardiac exam, uh, which always includes, you know, initially just looking at the patient as a whole, seeing if we notice any sort of dysmorphism or dysmorphic phys- uh, facial features or physical findings, um, and then we proceed with the cardiac exam, which um, I always like to start with uh, just having the child take their shirt off and just looking at their chest and um, making sure the chest looks symmetric, making sure we don't see... uh, Sometimes you can actually see a very active precordium or where the the heart looks like it's literally pounding out of the child's chest. Um, And then I palpate the chest, make sure uh, we don't feel um, anything abnormal. We make sure that the precordium is nice and quiet, that there's no um, thrill, which is sort of a buzzing sensation that we feel in the chest. That's... um, typically occurs when there's a very loud murmur, and the presence of a thrill always, always uh, indicates a pathologic murmur. Uh, And we also uh, feel if there's any, um, sometimes you can feel if the heart is enlarged just by putting your hand on a child's chest. So um, we rule out something called the RV lift or RV heave, where you can really feel the heart pushing up against the chest wall uh, because the heart itself is enlarged. So, you know, palpation is a very important thing uh, that we do in the office. And then, of course, uh, listening to the child. And I always like to listen to the child both in the sitting upright position as well as lying supine. So, innocent murmurs can change in intensity based on the child's position. And often you're able to bring that out in the office setting. Uh, the other thing that may be useful um, to do and oftentimes primary pediatricians you may not have all the time in the world to be flipping the kid every which way, but if you're able to, if you hear a murmur and the child is otherwise healthy and you think it may be an innocent murmur, is uh, you, can, you can do a series of tests to see if you can make the murmur change in intensity uh, based on various, um, various maneuvers. So the easiest of which is if you feel the murmur is louder when the child is lying down compared to sitting up, you can see if you can make the murmur go away by uh, having the child perform a valsalva maneuver, which is having the child essentially bear down, and that essentially impedes blood return to the heart. So it essentially sort of decreases the amount of blood in the heart and therefore decreases the intensity of the murmur. And, you know, if the child is an older child, you they, they should be able to do what you ask them to. If they're a younger child, maybe sort of three to three to six or seven years of age. um, I like to push on their belly. I just tell them I'm going to push on their belly with my hand, and then I ask them in response to pooch their belly out and push against my hand and don't let me push down. And you're essentially having them bear down, and that's a very useful test that can be done in the office uh, as well to differentiate an innocent from a pathologic
1: murmur. So once you've made that differentiation, Please explain just a little bit in the last few minutes about what you as a pediatric cardiologist would do treatment-wise and reassuring the parents, both as a pediatrician and the cardiologist, in the process that's involved.
0: Sure. So um, usually I would say um, in the physical exam stage, in combination with the history, we're able to determine if this child has a pathologic or an innocent murmur, if it's an innocent murmur, I often uh, I often just double check my ears and do a screening test called an EKG or ECG, uh, which is essentially a bunch of stickers on the chest and printing out the heartbeats for ten seconds, and uh, that's a good screening test to make sure there's no chamber enlargement of the heart, um, uh, and that will sort of cements my diagnosis of an innocent murmur if that comes out to be normal. Then I reassure the parents. I I explain to them why we hear innocent murmurs, and I explain to them and reassure them that this is something the child will outgrow. Uh, And I also like to tell parents that the murmur can come and go based on the day and time and how active the child is or if the child is ill uh, or has a fever, it can be louder, just so that they don't worry in the future if a physician tells them that the murmur has changed. Uh, in intensity, um, if it's a pathologic murmur and/or there's any physical exam findings or history findings that's concerning for a pathologic murmur, then we move to do um, a more extensive testing, um, which is something called an echocardiogram, uh, which is, as you all know, an, an ultrasound of the heart, and that is really the definitive sort of gold standard testing to uh, delineate the cause of a murmur. So, um, and then depending on what we find pathologically on the pathologic side then we would counsel the family of if there's any interventions that need to be made or if this is something we feel would affect the child down the road or if this is something we feel will heal up on its own and so forth. And, of course, there's a wide variety of diagnoses that we could get into but perhaps don't have the time to today. So
1: wrap it up for us for other pediatricians, when they should refer, what you would like them to know about heart
0: murmurs. Uh, So... You know, heart murmurs, by and large, especially in children, are not not pathologic. Um, The the overwhelming majority of kids who have a heart murmur uh, will have an innocent or benign heart murmur. Um, If you're not sure, if you're not able to sort of figure that out in your office, um, we're happy to see them in our office um, to do further evaluation, but things that I would think should sort of definitely prompt a referral would be any um, sort of concerns about growth or weight gain, any um, feeding concerns in an infant, um, or any, um, in an older child, any complaints, of coincidental complaints of, you know, chest pain, palpitations, not being able to keep up with their peers uh, when they're in PE class or playing sports, You know, any issues with exercise stamina, shortness of breath, that sort of thing, um, would be sort of big markers. And then as far as the physical exam, finding any sort of extra abnormalities in addition to the murmur that you may hear, like like a click sound or a gallop rhythm or um, any other sort of palpation of the chest uh, with a thrill or um, an active precordium or a lift that you feel um, on that chest. Any, anything other than an otherwise completely normal physical exam, um, I think, should also prompt a referral.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.